Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Dustin McComas. I'm joined once again, as always, by Drew Bishop. This is episode 139, the first episode of 2024. Happy New Year to everyone out there. Uh, we are recording on Wednesday, January 3rd, and we are powered by Hitforth, the high-tech development center that produces pound-for-pound pound the most powerful and complete athletes in the state, uh, located in Austin, Texas. Make sure you go check those guys out at hitforth.com and follow them on Twitter and Instagram as well. Uh, they're the best in Central Texas at what they do, and I cannot recommend them strongly enough, especially if you're a hitter gearing up for the 2024 season, or maybe you're getting ready for tryouts uh, for the high school level, You know, trying to make that varsity team for the first time. Um, go check those guys out, even if it's just a assessment or or like a, just kind of a free consultation. Um, they can do stuff remotely as well. Uh, cannot recommend them strongly enough. So go check out uh, Hit Forth. But uh, Drew, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. How was your Christmas? How was the New Year as we uh, roll into twenty twenty four here? Uh, horrible, horrible, <laughs> actually. <laughs> I had a we're we're off a, to a great start. <laughs> yeah. Had a um 20 about a 26 hour period where I lost my I lost the finals in my fantasy in the in the most gut-wrenching oh, fashion no. imaginable. So two week final. Yeah. I had a 35 point lead going into week two. Okay. And um so without naming all the things that could have gone wrong. I'll just hit some of the highlights. Um, so I have Raheem Mostert mm -hmm. and I have Brandon Cooks. So mm -hmm. word of Mostert like being inactive didn't trickle out until after the Cowboy game started. Mm -hmm. um, let, let me just, I lost by four points. Okay. Ooh, but I'll to set the stage. Yeah. So that cost me four figures, but whatever. Um, but so I had, I would have played Cooks in replacement of Mostert, right? Um, as my flex guy, and as a result, I couldn't because the game had already started, and he ended up outscoring my replacement for him by five points. Oh, um. So then Tyreek dropped a wide open touchdown in the end zone that cost me eight points. Yeah, I um, felt that when he, he was on the team I had. Yep, he has had one of his worst weeks of the mm -hmm. year. Um, but then now for the really gut-wrenching stuff. So I go into the the afternoon slot of Sunday with a 41-point lead, and mm -hmm. I'm done. And he has Chiefs defense, Seattle kicker, and Jaden Reed. Mm -hmm. And so – Seattle game's done. So I'm up 29 points with one drive in the Kansas City, uh, Kansas City Cincinnati game left. Six sacks in the last drive. Six. So down to 23 points for Jaden Reed uh, to, to possibly beat me, which would have been his career high ever. Um, and so he gets that. Um at halftime, like by halftime, he scored. The Vikings fumbled with 30 seconds left to give Green Bay the ball back. And they yep. first pass, he scores. I lose, I'm down by four. 
And then, of course, they rule him out at halftime. He was done. He was done playing. So, um, yeah, that's so a pretty that's a pretty bad beat, dude. I I was furious. And then, yeah. of course, and then of course the following night's game with the Longhorns. But, um, but yeah, so that off to a hot start. Yeah, let's let's hope that's not a not an omen. Um, yeah, of, of things to come on on the football side. Um, it can only but, get better. Yeah, I was gonna say it can only get better. Like the only title game I was in, it just turned pretty non-competitive early on. Um, I lost Hawkinson to that injury, but I mm. streamed I, I uh, Isaiah Likely, so I nailed that one. But like I just I ran into a team that like James Connor and Brees yeah. Hall and like a bunch of Josh Allen like getting those those bush push touchdowns and. Um, so I was I was out pretty early on, but um, have we recovered from from the Texas game? I um, I, look, I I I adjusted pretty quickly because I just was like, look, Michael Penix was so unbelievably yeah. good. It's like there's there's well, nothing you could have you could have done about that performance besides wish that they had better edge rushers, and that's about it. Yeah, no, I mean they just they got beat by a. a six-year senior that was on yeah. a mission with NFL receivers. Yeah. Like, I mean, I thought, I mean, I thought Texas, I mean, it sounds crazy to say, but they didn't play as bad defensively as the numbers no. show. Uh-uh. I mean, they just got beat by a better, yeah. a better performance. I mean, overall, the team on the whole played a C game and yep. Washington played an A game and mm-hmm. you're not going to win games like that. You can't turn, you can't fumble twice um, trying to keep up with a team like that and expect to win. But Shoot, <laughs> they had a chance. They had a chance. They had a yeah. chance, and just didn't happen. But um, you know, and part of it is too. I think you know the on the positive side. Like to me, this was kind of the year before the year. I thought mm-hmm. we, you know, we hit our we got there a year early. Um, but on the frustrating side, like this was a very winnable year. Like had they, yes. I think we match up very well with Michigan, and I think they would have had a chance to do some damage um, yeah. next Monday. So that's where it's frustrating, I think, the most. But overall, um, you know, if you would have told anybody before the season that they were going to be in the playoff, I think right. any and all Longhorns would have accepted that. So um, tough way to end it, of course. You know, I mean, they got a gift with that in- Dylan Johnson injury right there and had a chance. They gave him a chance, yeah. but just didn't 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 convert. So, you know, I'm, we're still here. I, I've yeah. had work- – losing Colt was a lot more painful um, right than than what would happen the other night so yeah because that followed a season where they were legitimately like a like a real title contender team and didn't get to play for it so you're thinking all right we get our chance this time around yeah and then he he goes down and it's like oh you've got to be kidding me so yeah that that one stings this one's like it wasn't house money but it was also like look, this is a program that hasn't been in this spot since you and I were still <laughs> in college. Like it's been a long time. Um, so it's, it takes programs a little while to get to that level and, and understand it and handle it and all that sort of stuff. So um, I think the plus side will be, it's not that they didn't know their roster and what they need, but I think it also reinforced <laughs> the areas that they need to address yeah, via the portal and and everything else, and I think Ewers is going to come back. Um, yeah, just 
the way the quarterback landscape is in the draft, the way it could be next year, just the way I think there's enough questions about him from the pro scouting world about, you know, consistency and durability and, and the, you know, showing the arm talent can, I mean, all those sorts of things that like he truly could benefit from another year um, yeah. and, and really, you know, position himself well uh, for the draft. So yeah, like I went, I, I watched it and, um, and was like, afterward, I was like, all right, like, Michael Penix was unbelievable. Like there are literally times where he was fitting balls into a window where a good defense was called and the safety is coming down and he dives and like the ball just beats the guy by inches. And it's just like, man, he was just, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, they got beat. I mean, that was like, it's frustrating because they had the fumbles, but I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, that's how, that's the way you know, it could be a lot more things that could have yeah. happened that would have made me feel differently about the game. But I think yeah. that's the bottom line. They Washington played an A game and we played a C game. Yeah. So. And that's the type of thing too. the way that game played out, like that is going to fuel the off season, the next season. Like that's right. just the type of thing that like yeah. programs typically respond from. Um, so yeah, we'll, uh, See, they got in store where it finishes recruiting cycle out and things like that. But um, yeah, I can't say I'm really that excited about the title game. I'll watch it, obviously, but just kind of. I want Washington to win in the in a very. I bad do too. Way. Yeah, I do too. So yeah, I I do too. Uh, it probably saved me thousands of dollars too from buying tickets to the game. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a, that's like I had major FOMO not being in New Orleans just because I love New Same. Orleans. Yeah, and yeah. But I was also like, well, I'm glad I didn't drop an insane amount of money uh, to go there and walk out of the stadium feeling like, yeah, they're 11 yards away. This sucks. Yeah. Um, and that trip probably would have taken years off my life. But um, yeah. all right, let's get into the baseball stuff. Um, this is just kind of a little fun episode, kind of a transition episode for us. Um, you know, January things start to kind of pick back up again, coming out of December where um, baseball actually takes a little bit of a break. Uh, for a change, but um, we are, we will be at the ABCA convention uh, this week. Um, I'm heading up there Thursday morning, uh, be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I've never gone before. Um, so this will be a, a new experience for me. I'm looking forward to probably be sensory overload in a lot of ways, but uh, looking forward to seeing some people and hearing some people speak and stopping by some some booths and things like that. So uh, if you're at the ABCA and you see us, say hello or or uh, shoot us a message. Be happy to say hi to people and and um, probably see me wandering around. Probably making my way over to the the tech stuff, the developmental stuff. Those speakers are kind of talking about hitting development, pitching development, um, all that sort of stuff is what I'm I'm really interested. In. But you've been to a bunch of these, right? Like, oh yeah, you've spoken at some of them, haven't you? Um, not this one, but yeah, I, I have it something similar. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great event. Like, you know, it's for one, it's kind of a, you know, unofficial signal of baseball season. Mm -hmm. Um, everyone's there, everyone's excited. You're coming off the holidays. Um, got like, this is people start feeling like they're getting in game mode here um, from, from a coaching side. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's always fun just seeing people, um, just, getting to see people from all over the country that, you know, you, you may not get to see all the time. Um, but you know, there's, there's a lot of, it's almost like the winter meetings, um, Mm -hmm. for, for pro ball, but it's exciting. Um, get to see, like you said, you know, a lot of new tech stuff, a lot of, you know, a lot of intros to stuff that's going to be, um, 
becoming more and more prevalent in the game. Um, I, I like the speakers, you know, I don't listen to all of them, but I usually pick out a couple that I'm really interested in listening to, um, just, just to learn. I mean, that's what it's about. Yeah. It's about learning and, you know, and relationships are so good, big on our game and with anything really, but, um, it's a good, good chance to see people connect. And, um, you know, usually I think a lot of stuff comes out of it, you know, mm -hmm. never know going in exactly what might pop up, but it, always seems like there's something that you weren't expecting that happens or, you know, meeting that you take or, you know, just getting to see some people that you weren't, didn't think were going or whatever, but it's a, it's a really fun event. I I've always enjoyed it. Um, just getting to see the people and, you know, the, the only downside is, is that it's, I love, I like that it's here in Dallas um, just for proximity purposes, but it was usually like a big food trip weekend for us when it was like mm -hmm. elsewhere so yeah because i think it was um, like nashville last year i think or yeah yeah they nashville is one of the rotations is i've been to it in nashville and chicago uh la um here so uh yeah nashville is always a fun one you know you're a little bit further out at the gaylord out there mm -hmm. but you know if you're do your planning you'll you'll find the right spots to eat yeah so. there's probably a fry uh, like a hot chicken place near the there's got to be one they got so many locations in nashville like oh it's you, it's absurd yeah yeah um so yeah we'll be there and if you see us say hello and kind of be wandering around and, and looking forward to uh seeing some people and yeah looking forward to to learning too um you know it's kind of uh my wife works in marketing and she kind of goes to it feels like a few of these each year and i'm like yeah man that'd be good to just like go learn some things you yeah. know we don't get many opportunities um to do that so really looking forward to that but um well as we turn the page from from 2023 and head into 2024 we're just going to kind of look back and um drew and i picked out five things that we that we liked from 2023 five good things um, and then five things we're looking forward to about 2024, just kind of, you know, things that are just kind of all over the place, not all high school um, baseball centric, but but typically baseball centric. And this is kind of a way to look back and, and reflect on some things and and talk through some stuff and then kind of look forward to uh, to 2024 with some things we got working on there. And um, and then what we're uh, what we're kind of circling and, and getting excited about as as the uh, the scrimmages and, and soon the games will be here uh, really before we know it. So, um, well, I'll lead us off with, with we'll start with the five things good from 2023. And um, this is a topic I think will we'll probably in some way make both of our lists. Uh, but the five tool website, like I was thinking the other day that I was like, man, in December, I've had so much more time to write. Like if you know, if you followed our coverage, I kind of did a, a best of series, which was really a way to, go back to a lot of notes I had saved on my computer that just never had time to publish. So a lot of area code scouting reports, a lot of just kind of, you know, things about players that we saw over the course of, of 2023. And I was like, man, I've got a lot of time to write in December. It's like, oh yeah, this time last year, we were getting the, the website launched. So yeah. we were going through and, and uh, uploading, uh, logos for high schools and, and tagging players and uploading videos and, and, you know, kind of getting that out into the world and, and getting people exposed to it. And uh, I just was like, yeah, that's right. We were literally trying to launch this thing uh, at the end of the summer. Cause like the Hawaii sandlot was basically kind of our soft launch of the website uh, before the, the Texas high school uh, coaches, Texas high school baseball coaches convention 
uh, where he had a booth set up there, kind of getting people intro to it and things like that. He's like, oh, yeah. Um, so I, I, I think it went great. Um, and the exciting thing, and, you know, and we had a call with with uh, Jeff Conn and Brooks Van Laningham a couple weeks ago just kind of talking about some things. And Jeff made the point at, like, this is still kind of in the infant stages of what it's ultimately going to become. I was like, yeah, that's right. I have to kind of remind myself sometimes that like, it's not all fully operational, like, but like so much of it is, is out there and it went well. And I feel like um, the feedback we've received is, is, is really, really good. And yeah, there's been some things we've had to work through and some trial and error, and there's going to be some things we add to it and, and so on and so forth. But um, I mean, I think that the videos and, uh, the player response and, you know, just kind of the, the reaction from, from coaches and, um, and parents and, and, and things like that. It's, it's, it's been good and it's, it's good to have that. And it's just, now it's just kind of a, I, I don't, it's like a daily part of, of, of our routine with our coverage and, and such. So, uh, yeah, that was my first good thing from 2023 is like, I was like, oh yeah, we launched a website this time last year. And, uh, still going strong and and still working well. And most importantly, it's it's been so easy to get those videos on profile pages, which is ultimately the most important thing. So um, that was definitely a, a really, really good thing from 2023. Yeah, um, I, I got a couple uh, rule and personnel things um, in my list, uh, but I'll start with the rule change, um, cutting off communication and offers for mm-hmm. uh, kids before their junior year. Um, and I think that that's great. Um, I mean, we saw some effects of it, uh, this, this summer, and I think those are positive things, you know, it slows down, uh, the madness, um, for 14, 15, 16 year olds. Um, you know, it's as things continue to get lumped on to college coaches, uh, this was at least finally something that they could remove from their plate. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is good. So I, I think it's good for the, the schools and I think it's good for the kids uh, just for so many reasons. But, you know, I think there's there's still a lot of adjustments that need to be made to the calendars and um, some some easy things they could do to fix stuff. But I thought that this was certainly a, a move in the right direction. Um, and and hopefully it, it, it helps people understand as we continue to, you know, adjust to it that, you know, you can spend – your money, your time on more things focused on developing, um, yeah. at, at the, at a younger, at the younger ages and in, in high school. And, and maybe it just takes some of the pressure off of some people just because, you know, I mean, we've seen it now, there's been so many, you know, quote unquote mistakes or guys getting dumped, um, it's just become more and more of the process where that wasn't really so as big of a, of a thing in the baseball world as it mm-hmm. is in some other sports. Um, so I think this helps um, and I, you know, it'll continue to play out over time, I think, but uh, it, it's a good start to to having a better timeline for some of these kids to make their college decisions. Yeah. hundred percent agreement. Uh, once I saw you had that on your list, I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely one we need to talk about. Um, and along those same lines, another, another good thing from 2023 I had on my list um, is just kind of like the staff expansion in college baseball. And it's, it's not specifically the coaching, but I think you're starting to see um, you're starting to see a little bit shift. Isn't the right word, but I guess a, a focus or like more resources being used on like personnel people and recruiting people and development people and, 
And I mean, it's been really cool to see a program like Wake Forest, like go from not an afterthought, like they've been a solid power five program, the ACC for a while, but like now they're at the forefront of talent acquisition, pitcher development, like a lot of things. And I, I think it just shows that, yeah, there's going to be programs that, you know, have an advantage and things like that, like your, your LSUs of the world and stuff. But um, if you allocate some of your resources to this, um, it can really, really help you. And I, I think we're starting to see some programs that are like, yeah, like, like let's try to create a role for a recruiting person or a pitching development person or a general manager type role. Like let's just get more smart baseball people um, into college baseball on staffs. I mean, it's like, it wasn't that long ago, just two paid assistant coaches. And it was like, I mean, it's, it's not that long ago, like baseball operations guys weren't even really a thing, you know, like, like we, we're not oh, yeah. that far uh, removed. Like, weren't you one of the first ones to really yes. like, yeah. So like, yeah. And, and, I mean, we're not that far removed from that. So um, it's just really exciting because I think the popularity of college baseball is increasing. And part of the reasons why is you're getting more of these people into programs. And I think programs understand the benefits they can receive from allocating more resources and the fan support they can get on campus at games. Um, but just the popularity is increasing too, because more really good high school players are ending up on campus because they're starting to see that the development that's happening at this level is, is really, really good that a lot of mm. these pitching coaches and, and hitting people in facilities can rival or exceed what you're getting at the pro level in some instances. So um, that, that I thought was a really good thing from 2023 is I, I feel like this college baseball is, is, is getting closer, um, to a making more money, but B um, you're to just have much more of a, of, of a, I guess, dedication to like the development side and like staffing side and because of the good players that are showing up. So uh, it'll be cool to see where we are five years, 10 years from now, because uh, it does feel like this this sport's kind of turning a corner in that the average fan is starting to get way more familiar with the big names in the sport. And a lot of – and a help, too, is at the major league level, these guys are not getting babied anymore. Like, if right. they think you're ready, you're coming up. Like, Wyatt Langford ended the year in AAA. It might break camp with yeah. the Rangers, you know? Like, and we're going to reach a point where that's not that uncommon anymore, which is really exciting. Okay, so I'm. You gave me, you're giving me a tough choice on segues for my next one, but I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna do two. I'm gonna do two back to back here. Okay. Um, just because I appreciate a good segue. Um, number one, off your last point, um, guys moving fast, uh, yeah. and being promoted quicker, um, led me to the Jet Williams performance. Um, was nice. one of my goods. Um, you know, he was the first time we ever did the list. He was our, mm -hmm. our first number one player ever. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, he is a guy that is just a good baseball player and <laughs> he, he showed it and he progressed very quickly and, uh, made it to double a in his first full season of, of minor league baseball, um, you know, one year out of, out of the draft and, um, that's tough to do and became the Mets minor league player of the year. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, someone local for us that, that we've watched and got to see is a, is a great example of the point that you just made, like teams are rewarding guys for that. Um, 
for the performance and the success and, you know, not, not worrying so much about the, the strict timelines that seemingly existed for a long time. Um, but so kudos to him, you know, he does a lot here in the, in the Rockwall area, um, yep. sponsored an award here and just, just a guy that's, you know, known all, all across the DFW area, but proud of him. Um, he had a great performance, great kid, loves the game. I mean, he's just a good example of guys that love baseball. And, you know, it's, you know, a lot of people, obviously the, the knock against him forever was, you know, the height, you know, and I think, you know, I've talked to a couple shorter type players around, around the area that, you know, I was like, you need to be rooting for Jet Williams to play really well, because that'll be the best thing in the world for you and your prospects for whenever you eventually reach the draft. So that's another little, you know, narrative or something that he can help erase. And he's sure, surely on his way to doing that. And so just a big year for him. And then to piggyback off of your other point about the, the staffs expanding, I was a little bit more specific by saying, um, the third coach specifically uh, being added uh, that can go out and recruit. And I, I think that's a huge deal for our game because recruiting is such a big part of college baseball and just adding a whole pool of people that have done it just adds to the quality of the coaching and yep. eventually hopefully the development at that level. Um, and I, I think it's a big, a, a really big deal uh, for so many reasons. Um, number one, it just, it needed to happen, um, you know, and hopefully it can help take the load off some of the guys that on staffs that are doing all like one man shows it in yeah. some places. Mm -hmm. um, and so just, just having an extra set of eyes. I mean, and then another thing it helps hopefully is, you know, less misses, you know, you get more yep. eyes on some of the people um, you can have, you can create your plan of recruiting in a number of different ways. And I think that's been interesting to see how, uh, some of the staffs have, have utilized that third spot. Like some of them use it as like a scout, almost a guy yeah. that may, may not even be at all the games or all the practices. And he's just used to go out and spend a lot of time on the road and get eyes on people and do their due diligence. Um, but then you see, then you saw some other places that brought in, you know, they thought their recruiting was fine with the two they had. So they might have brought in more of a tactical guy, mm -hmm. um, you know, because you think about it. I mean, you've got in baseball, you've got infielders, outfielders, catchers and pitching. And so a lot of times, you know, an area of expertise may not exist on us. I mean, we had years where we we I don't want to say neglected, but the the focus on catching wasn't as strong. And I think that's a position that, you know, is critical in our game. And so a lot of people may be choosing it to use, um, you know, to add another position coach, um, it, you know, more so than a recruiting guy. So it, it has been interesting, I think, to see and follow that. And um, I think it's just another good step forward for the college game. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and I, I think I'm optimistic that like, we'll see more people out at high school games just because they're going to have somebody on staff that can do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also because of the way the recruiting calendar is now, like so many of these sophomores will be uncommitted that like it gives these staffs an opportunity to like go get some eyes on guys with the understanding of we need to gear up and be ready for the summer when that time arrives. So um, yeah, it's, it's a great, great thing. And uh, it was really cool that once that rule passed, you saw new coaches out immediately. <laughs> like, like I was at the 12 yeah. scout league um, 
And the first day those new guys could be out, there were several of them there, um, you know, seeing some of the top arms that were pitching in 24s, 25s, and 26s class. So uh, it, was, it was really cool to see. And, uh, yeah, hope, I'm hoping more programs are able to to add those guys and and, and pay those guys And because um, there's certainly a lot of great baseball people out there that deserve that that opportunity. Um, another one of my good things from 2023, um, you know, for us, it was, I mentioned the website, but also kind of like expanding, um, you know, we had the big event at LSU for the first time, which I thought was, was really cool. I thought it went really well. The feedback was, was great. Um, you know, we're, we had the, you know, the Hawaii Ceylon again, um, out at the Arizona fall classic again, five tool powering, the Arizona Fall Classic and and really I think doing an awesome job with with the coverage out there, um, you know the, the twelve Scout League which we did for the first time covering that with those guys I spent a lot of time down there in the summer uh, that was really cool uh, I thought that really well uh, we just made an announcement uh, yesterday or two days ago about the ranch in Franklin um, having some events down there and structuring those events in a way where it's going to be a good opportunity to get you know, right before August hits from the recruiting side, you know, get those coaches an opportunity. Hey, here's some really, really good 2026s um, right before you guys can can talk, contact these guys and start recruiting them. So um, I, I know that's something that we've, we've been working on and, uh, you know, things, you know, consistently growing in California and Arizona um, and doing some things in other areas as well. I know you and I, it's been fun for us to be more aware and, cover guys from those regions like um you know before it was you know when i first jumped in i was like my head was spinning in just texas and now it's just like okay yeah. i'm starting to get a feel for um guys in california and guys in arizona and you know area code helps a lot with that but um just following our coverage out there it's like all right i know i know generally like the good high school programs in california the good ones in arizona like like because we can follow with our coverage and you know, seeing guys and covering those guys and writing about those guys, sometimes from afar, but but even still. And um, just it's it was a good to see that. And I think it's something that's going to continue. Um, it's just really exciting that, like, you look at our events page for 2024. And um, we've got the tried and true monster events like the Mattingly and the Pudge and things like that. But, you know, seeing the LSU event on there, seeing, you know, having this Franklin uh, stuff going on at the ranch as well. Um, it's it's really exciting. Um, and it's it's cool to see that expansion continue in 2023 and, and looking ahead to 2024. Yeah. Uh, for my fourth, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna get specific on the personnel hires. Um, one of the best um hires I thought that was made across the country was AM hiring Max Wiener uh from Seattle. Um I fortunate enough to know Max and have gotten to know him over, over the last, you know, 18 months, two years. And uh, he was a guy that, you know, a lot of times you, you come across these people that just, you know, seem to get it um, and have a personality that you're just like, man, like this guy, like would, would kill a certain role. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I just, you know, he came from being, I guess the, um, the pitching director uh, for the Mariners organization. So he had a lot of, a lot of um, influence and, and responsibility across the entire organization pitching wise, you know, so he, 
he was working with guys at the lower levels of the minor leagues all the way through the big leagues um, and had a big hand in hiring and, and just shaping the direction of the Mariners pitching uh, department. And man, I just like, just talking to him, I just thought had a feeling that he would just, just crush whatever role he wanted to do in college. Just, I mean, a lot of it because of his knowledge um, of the game and of pitching, uh, but also just the, the, you know, his personality and the way he connects with people. I think that's, that's such a big deal that can, can get overlooked at times um, with all the technology and all the stuff out there. You still have to have that human intelligence, emotional yes. intelligence. Um, and I think he, you know, all reports, you know, whether it's from recruits, whether it's from scouts that have been in there this year, like, you know, I think it just seems like things are heading in the right direction and they, you know, caught, caught quickly uh you know i mean the people the um the performance from some of the guys in the fall that had been there before um obviously stuff is ticking up for a lot of these mm -hmm. guys um and you just got a ton of really good feedback across the industry about him and i just i feel like that was a really really good hire um i think he'll do really well there and i'm excited to see what it looks like yeah yeah i feel that 100 and it kind of goes into like that was somebody that had a really good position in pro ball and yeah. you know, college college baseball has been able to get mm -hmm. these types of minds and, mm -hmm. and coaches and, and people into the game. Um, it just kind of speaks about the continued popularity of the sport and the, the development that can occur in those places. And yeah, you start to, I was, you know, talking, been talking to some of the scouts over um, the winter break, just about players in the region and stuff like that. And um so how hard some of those guys have been thrown at AM in the fall and, and the stuff they were showing was getting some very uh very positive reviews, which uh is great for us, uh, because it's gonna make us look smart about guys like Justin Lampkin and, and Shane Sadeau and, and guys like that. So uh but yeah, just uh I'm just really uh looking forward to see um those arms roll out there in college station and uh and that's the kind of guy that like you bump into to Max and it's like um, you try to learn as much as you can, you know, when he starts talking yeah. about, about pitching and, and, and the types of things they look for and, and things like that. Like, like those are the types of well, people and it's I try different to too. soak like, up it, as much as I possibly can. For him, it's different too. I've, I've already, you know, seen that like, there's been a few guys that he's like been targeting that you're like, who? You know, and yeah, like so they've they've gotten they've gone all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so it's a you know, there's a there's some some data driven approach to a lot of the player acquisition, which hasn't existed a whole lot in college baseball. Yeah. Um, and you know, I I think it's yeah, I, I it's just interesting. It's different, you know, and yes, it's not what we're totally accustomed to. Um, but you know, he seems to have a good pulse on it and know what he's looking for and um, you know, I, I always talk about Tulo, you know, I'd always ask him what, what, what pitchers did you hate facing, mm. you know, and expecting to get like Kershaw, Scherzer, stuff like that. But it was always like, no, nah, I, I always had a not easy time, but I always, I knew what I was getting with those guys. It was like the funky relievers that always gave me yeah. a hard time. And I think Max really understands that. So it's going to be interesting to watch him build a staff there. Um, you know, and I, I think he was able to get in and get some guys out of the portal that will give them some different looks out of the pen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to follow for sure. Yeah. Let me look at a guy, Jacob Evans from Oak Ridge, who they committed, you know, just kind of a, 
yeah. lower, unique kind of release, create some of that angle. Like, you know, it's just, uh, and that's a guy that's, that's probably going to blow up this year. Um, and they get in there before the breakout happened. Um, another good thing for me from, from 2023, um, I'm going to single out Anthony Silva. Um, you know, he had an amazing year at TCU. Uh, he ended up hitting 375 in big 12 play and slugging 588. And, um, uh, it him not him being a starter and like at TCU in a key piece, like wasn't surprising, but the level of offensive performance he had was surprising. And I'm singling him out because like, it's, it's been a, like, as we go through and um, rank players and, and dip our toes into the evaluation game and stuff like that, he's taught me some, some important lessons about, um really about makeup because he always had fantastic makeup in high school and um uh, went and saw him a few times in the spring and I was like man he's such a he's a good player um you know you know just but like wasn't necessarily like wow like oh my gosh this guy's the best player in the state or a guy that's probably going to be you know maybe a first round selection as as a draft eligible sophomore um, but it's, it's taught me like, like to bet on makeup guys, uh, because that's just mm-hmm. such a big deal, um, at the college level, at the pro level, uh, cause those are the guys that are going to get better. Um, especially a guy like him that like hit, like he hit in the summer. Um, you know, I think I joined five tool, like in July of that summer, those guys last summer and, uh, he really hit and I was kind of like trying to figure out who's who and, who are the good players, you know, who do you pay attention to and those sorts of things. But um, seeing what he's done at TCU has been a good reminder that like, if you are fortunate enough to, you know, really learn about players and on the makeup side. And as we talk to more coaches and, and those types of things, like that sort of stuff matters so much. Uh, Cause I think he's a shining example of like how that can translate the next level and why, why you can get, um, why those types of guys are better able to have success and get to their tools um, as opposed to other other guys that just don't quite have that makeup or that work ethic and things like that. So um, shout out to Anthony Silva. He had an amazing 2023. Um, Hope he has an even better 2024 and uh, great baseball family to be around. Um, See his his parents at the 12 Scout League with little brother Jacob, who goes to Clark and is also committed to TCU, another really good player that's getting better. Um, but shout out to him and, and, and the lessons he's taught me about, um, you know, being around high school players and evaluating those guys. Yeah. Um, uh, well, for my last one for 2023, I'm going to stay true to my Homer ways and go with the Rangers. Um, as you should serious, uh, that was just incredible run. Um, you know, it's just another example of guys like kind of coming together at the right time, getting hot and winning it all. Um, but that was what that group was brought together to do. Um, you know, Bruce Bochy obviously made a, a really big deal and there were some rocky points of the season, which there always are. Um, but how you navigate and respond to those will dictate how you do and having him in charge, having been there, um, I think paid unmeasurable, um, dividends and, yep. you know, just getting to watch guys like Seeger, play all the time like i mean he's a superstar you know and he for for people that don't stay up and watch a lot of west coast baseball like i think there was a lot of people around here that um you know 
knew he was good. I mean, you knew who's, you knew that was a big deal that we got him, but man, like he's just a, one of the best players in the game and he mm. proved it on the biggest stages. Um, guards, you know, they got over the Astros hump, which was huge. Um, Adolis, you know, became a star, more of a household name and, you know, had some just big time pitching performances and, you know, a bullpen that had been really shaky, uh, throughout the season, like just found ways to get it done. They had, you know, yeah. scores, uh, played a huge role, but man, and then, you know, got a lot of just like consistent, consummate professionals like Marcus Simeon, you know, seeing the emotion from him, a guy that rarely has any, in yeah, some of really big, ever shows anything. Yeah. Big moments. Like it's just, you know, uh, you know, friend or for, friend of the pod or former guest on the pod, you know, Katie McInnes working for the Rangers, you know, got, I got a little bit of insight from her on how um, some of those guys were. And it just, it just seemed like it was a, a team full of great dudes and that just, you know, they, they cared about each other. They cared about the right things and, and it played out that way, which doesn't mm -hmm. always happen. Um, but man, it was, it was fun to watch obviously being here. Um, and there's a, a lot, a lot of people in this, in the Metroplex have been starved for a winner um you know and they just they did it and that was that was a, a lot of excitement around here yeah it's, it's they're an amazing example of like you have to have talent but the clubhouse chemistry and that sort of stuff matters because i think that just played out on the field and and kudos to those guys um for for a really special season uh my last uh good thing from 2023 um just the like the major dudes we saw over the course of the year i mean it was so fun um, to see like like really really good players emerge. Whether it was the high school season or or the summer, um, you know, I think a guy like uh, Cole Kaninger from from twenty twenty six Keller on that Stick Scout team, uh, just like yep. was a phenomenal player that loaded um, Scorpions team in that class, that Wildcatters team that we saw early on that had a bunch of twenty twenty six guys and going out to area code. Like I didn't know who Quentin young was when we got there. I knew who he was after about two at bats though. Um, and he was just like a special performance out there. Like, like seeing a guy like Slade Caldwell, like who entered a, that event is a good prospect, but came out of there is like, man, this guy could be a first round pick uh, just from the way he performed out there. So uh, it, it was really cool to see just so many guys emerge. Cause that's what makes this fun. That's what makes us. Yeah like the exciting part of, of going out and, and seeing games. Cause you never know when you're going to see something like that. Like when I showed up and watched James Ellinger throw 98 and everybody's like, Whoa, where did this, not where this, like, where did this come from? Is he really throwing that hard? Is he really throwing that well? It's like, yeah, it, the breakout is happening uh, and I'm here watching it. So um, it's fun to see those guys. It's also fun to see too, like the guys that emerge late in their high school careers and get an opportunity uh, to keep playing. Uh, Cause that's only ultimately what it's all about as well. So um, shout out to those guys and uh, for, for making our jobs uh, a lot of fun uh, because they're so good on the baseball field. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of truth to that. You know, it, it, we, we wouldn't be able to do what we do without the players and um, Can't have the players, the, the, the quality of, of, of ball around here. Um, we're just so fortunate that we don't have to go very far to see a lot of them in one place. Yeah. Um, and you know, for, for me, I'm actually going to go watch some college guys that are getting ready, um, 
for their seasons here later this afternoon, get to see some live ABs. And nice. I think there, there's a good group of um, high school guys doing the same thing tomorrow night. So uh, excited for that. You know, it's been, been too long since I've seen some, some live baseball. So uh, excited to go check some of that out and, and see what these guys are up to and some of the progress they've made. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be fun. Live ABs to me are like a lot of fun. Like they're kind of becoming more of a thing. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, it's just kind of classic, like let's just have fun and compete and no strings attached. Nothing's attached to this. Like you want to beat the other guy you're competing against, but like, you know, just, it's just a like a really good competitive, but relaxed environment at the same time. So um yeah, those are always fun to check in on. But uh, transitioning to some things I'm looking forward to about 2024. Um, I mentioned a couple of players from this group, but the 2026 class, uh, I've started to dive in on those guys, uh, mainly the guys in Texas, as we kind of get ready for our high school coverage and planning things out. And um, and I guess it's, I can kind of knock two things off here with our website coverage as well. But like, I think I want to try to do a better job of trying to steer towards those sophomores mm -hmm. because of the recruiting calendar. Now, I think mm -hmm. that that's a way that like our coverage can really benefit the college coaches. Um, you know, mainly those college coaches that are, that are scout package um, subscribers. Cause we've got some things cooking that are going to be specifically and only for those guys that they can have access to. But um, I've been really excited about this 2026 class. I think it's 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 going to be a phenomenal class. I think it has major, major, major star power. Um, I mean, just looking at you know the guys on our that made my first team of of the best dudes I saw in 2023 that I saw in person. So I didn't. It's crazy. I haven't seen Grady Emerson in person yet, which is wild. But um, that'll change early on in in, in 2024. But just kind of looking through like Trey Rangel and, and Chandler Hart. Yeah, I mean, guys like that, that are just like mega, mega prospects um, in the 2026 class and maybe lesser known guys that like, I don't think are as famous yet, but are going to blow up. Um, like a guy like Harper Gates at Tomball. Um, yeah. Catcher like Tyler Ramos at Texas city. Uh, so really looking forward to diving in on those guys and learning so much more about those guys. Um, you know, because if you're if you're a major major player in the 2026 class, I mean, chances are you're going to make a, a varsity impact this year. And um, looking forward to to looking forward to too because so many of those guys are uncommitted because of the rules. So that's you know they're going to be. I, I think it's going to add more focus and attention to that group. Um, and then also too, I think it's going to allow us from the website side to kind of cover things in a way that's going to benefit. Um, those college coaches that are that are looking for coverage on those guys and are trying to figure out who do we focus on? Um, you know, who do we try to see in the spring? Who do we prioritize in the summer? And all that sorts of stuff as well. So hopefully we can help those guys as much as possible. So um, those are two things I'm, I'm looking forward to about 2024. Yeah. Um, specific events for me, the festival again. Yes, um, yes. I am ecstatic about that. Our field has grown. Um, we've added tons and t uh, quite a few teams, some host sites here. Um, and on those teams are some big time star players, some of which you've mentioned already with Grady Emerson, Chandler mm -hmm. Hart. Like, so mm -hmm. we're going to get to see those guys, but expanding into some other uh, states, we got team coming from Louisiana. Um, we got another California team and we've just gotten really good feedback with it. And I'm, I'm pumped. Like, you know, the, the hardest thing for me is going to be deciding 
Way how to, to split up my time. Yeah. 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 You know, luckily, luckily I'll have both Heath and Rockwell here. So I'll, I, I'll get to see a pretty heavy amount of teams just by staying yep. there again, like I did last year, but man, it's, it, it's really exciting. Um, it's fun getting to know some of these new schools and new teams. Uh, but man, the, the events turn into something that, you know, I've already had college coaches asking, you know, what the schedule is and stuff like that. So um, just a, just another reminder that the season's right around the corner and, um, you know, starting to work on that and getting more and more feedback on it. So, uh, 2024 festival. Yeah, there it was, go. I mean, it was really cool last year. Like you could go to a game and there would be a college coach and an area scout and even sometimes a national cross checker, <laughs> like, you know, like, like it's pretty cool that in its first year we were able to provide that sort of evaluation environment and competitive environment for these teams too. Cause these coaches in the early season tournaments, they want to test these guys. Like they want to learn about their team. They want to learn about their, their guys filling the roles. They want to learn what they got. And um, one of the best ways to do that is to go out and play really good teams. So yeah, I'm, I'm fired up about it. I, I can't wait um, to get out there and yeah, we'll have major FOMO, um, especially trying to see as many of the good arms as we possibly can, but um, we'll certainly have the video coverage locked down from, from all our places. Um, I kind of mentioned this early on, but a, a thing I'm looking forward to in 2024 is um, just like learning more. Um, it's like the every day I get on the internet and there's kind of something going on that somebody really smart is tweeting about like this on the development side or this on the evaluation side. And um, you know, this tech that's happening here and um, you know, the way AI is being used in, in, in baseball development now and the biomechanics analysis and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, it'll be good to go to the ABCA and, and kind of sit in on some things and, and hopefully talk to some people about that stuff. But uh, I think if, if you do what we do and you think you've got it figured out, like you're wrong and it's, you're, it's going to be a detriment in the long run. Like you're going to get passed. Yeah. You're going to get passed up. Like you've got to be very open and willing to learn where you screwed up in the past. And also to like learn how you can get better in the future and, and stay, you know, keep with the trends and see where the game's going and things like that. So um, really looking forward to just, you know, just learning more and, and, and learning things that are going to help us have better coverage. Um, and, uh, and part of that too, I'll knock out one of my other ones here is now that we're entering another high school season, I have such a better understanding of how to schedule, how to map out, like how to, you know, see as many games as possible, but as efficiently as possible and understanding um, how that all works. And um, also too, like, it's good that like, my Rolodex prior to this job was more AAU basketball coaches than it was high school baseball <laughs> coaches. Um, yeah. So like, it's been good for me to go out to these places I've been and like know the coaching staff and like, even in some cases know the parents of players that are there. And like um, it, it's to have those conversations and also too just to see people when you're out and things like that. And um, you know, networking more and, and like I've, you know, been fortunate enough to connect with a lot more college coaches this this year in 2023 but i'm looking forward to more in 2024 uh because i feel like we have so much to give to those guys because of what we do and how many games we go out and see so i'm um, looking forward to learning more in 2024 and also just another high school season but like with a much better understanding of how to schedule things 
um, and, and seeing some familiar faces and hopefully networking with some new ones as well. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like that a lot. Um, so for me, another thing I'm looking forward to, um, you know, you touched on continuing the website stuff. That's, that's, that's going to be fun. We got a bunch of big stuff planned, but, uh, from a player perspective, um, there's some guy, some big names, um, returning from injury, uh, that, you know, yeah. guys that have kind of been off the radar for a little bit. Um, but for me, like specifically Aiden Sims is one that I'm looking forward to seeing. I don't know his exact timeline, but, um, things seem to be progressing well for him from everything that I've heard. Um, and he, he's a guy, you know, like that's a specific example for me, but just, just guys coming back from injury. Um, it's tough. Like, I mean, I, having been through it myself, having Tommy John, um, I know what some of the emotional and uh, physical hurdles can be um, yeah. and overcoming those is, is big. I mean, just, showing yourself that you can do it again can go a long way to, you know, a number of areas, whether it's like mental health, just like getting your identity back. Cause it's yeah. tough. Like, you know, if you've always been the guy or, and, and you have to sit out and help find ways to contribute in other ways, like that, that was all stuff that, I mean, that I went through that I know is not easy to do. And I was a little older than some of these guys that are having the injuries are. So, mm -hmm. um, guys like that. And then, you know, on, on a similar note, you know, we saw the note about uh, JD crisp, you know, ha having gotten hurt and playing football and then Nebraska, you know, basically pulling his offer, um, you know, and that's the unfortunate business part of this industry. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I know like using my experience again, like it changed the path of my life completely just because I was supposed to go play somewhere else. I ended up, ending up where I'd wanted to be my entire life. And, and then I ended up working there for 13 years and, you know, no telling what or where I'd be now um, if that hadn't happened. So, you know, injuries like that will change the path of your life uh, yeah. one way or another. And, you know, for a lot of kids that fight through it and come out on the other side, it, it, it eventually makes you stronger, maybe not necessarily on the field, but in a lot of other ways um mm -hmm. you'll find out some stuff you didn't know about yourself probably and mm -hmm. um just kind of a narrative that I, I always pay attention to i always have a sympathetic spot for guys that do get hurt and um try to make their way back and you know it's kind of like the recruiting just understand that everyone has a different path like yeah. everyone everyone that comes back from you know any specific injury but using tommy john for an example is is different you know there's different timelines you know some people go through more ups and downs uh, some people, it just takes longer. So, um, you know, I, that's something I, like I said, I, I pay attention to a lot just because of my personal experience, but uh, I, specifically Aiden Sims is the guy that I'm looking forward to watching him come back because he was, you know, for us, one of the top guys in this class. And um, I know A&M's so excited about him. So um, looking forward for him, for his senior year. Yeah, I think he's, he's going to remind people that it's a, it's a really special arm talent, but um, yeah, that's, that's a great one. Um, you know, there's, you can learn a lot about yourself through that. And if you have pro aspirations, there are not many guys in the big leagues that haven't gone through something like that, you know? So it's kind of right. like, Hey, it's, you know, it's, it's something that a lot, a lot of guys deal with and are forced to deal with, but yeah, dealing with it at, at the high school age is uh, messed up, but you know, look at a guy like you know, Carson Bailey, you know, like, 
Like there are, it's, it's cool to see the examples each year of guys that like get through it. And then you see them perform at a really, really high level. Um, it it could be a good example for those guys that kind of, you know, need a little something to hang on to when those, that rehab process is tough and, and, uh, you're trying to work your way back. Um, my last thing I'm looking forward to in 2024, um, I ran out of ideas on my last one. So it's more of a life thing. Um, I'm really looking forward to my son turning four because everybody says it's easier than when they're three. <laughs> yeah. Because his three year old year has been such a roller coaster. And uh, I'm uh, like, you don't want these times to like go by so fast that you don't appreciate like in the moment that this is, you don't get this time again. Like they're never going to be this age again, you know, and we've got little Lucy who um, is 18 months and, you know, she'll, she'll be going through the two year old and three year old stage before I know it as well. But like, man, three is just, (laughs) it's been tough. Like, you know, we're kind of banging our heads against the wall last night. Cause like, it takes so long for, to get him to go to bed. And it's like, it's kind of throws our lives off and you don't really have much time to yourself like ever. Um, so uh, looking forward to my son turning four, which will be in April. So almost there, everybody like it's swear every holiday is like, oh, they're like, oh, it gets easier. And I'm like, you guys keep saying this and it's not, it's, uh, you know, like, it's like, well, when does it get easy? Like I was, I, I had to get them out of the house, you know, as everybody who has young kids knows, like, you know, if you have your kids in daycare, like the daycare isn't, they're not open over, over Christmas, which fairly so like everybody deserves a break. And I was like, man, I just got to get him out of the house. And cause I was like, I got to get out of the house. And yeah. so like we took him to, I took him to the home slice at North loop. Cause they have a little turf area where they can play. And like some little girl was like yelling at Lucy for, for coloring and chalk. And her mom was getting on the girl and, and it's like, Oh, she's like, Oh man. I was like, when does it get easier? It goes, yeah, my one just, my other one just turned six and she, she listens now. I was like, Oh God, <laughs> I kind of wasted Oh, so uh, for those parents out there that listening, uh, we, we feel your pain. Um, but yeah, looking forward yes. to looking forward to him turning four. I mean, he he's a he's a joy and he's the best, but man, it's not terrible twos. Uh, it's it's terrible threes because they get smart and they want to yep. test boundaries constantly and uh, they know how to stall and throw a fit and whine and everything else. So um yeah, I can I can sympathize with you there yeah. because Mary has been sick for the last five days. Uh-huh. Um, so a lot of um a lot heavier of a lift for dad the last couple oh, of days. And it's... I I am not well. Um but my last thing that I'm kind of looking forward to um uh is some new blood in the Big 12. Um yeah, yeah. We're, we live in Big Twelve country, so getting a, some new teams um, to cycle through this year, this last year of the Big Twelve will be fun, and then onward to you know I guess we'll we'll catch the twenty four version of football uh, in the new SEC, but adding Texas and Oklahoma to the mix um, there will be uh, something to look forward to football wise in two thousand twenty four. But so new conference, new blood, new matchups. I think that's something to look forward to and I'm excited about it, but yeah, um, that'd be good on, on to baseball. 
On the yeah, baseball. on the baseball. Yeah, it'll uh, be a good way to kick things off. With again, we'll be at the ABCA convention in Dallas this week. Um, if you see us, say hi. Uh, kind of, you know, once that ends, it's kind of like, man, I'm gonna really hammer away at this 2026 class, and um, and it'll be kind of time to start tentatively mapping out a, a schedule for high school stuff. Uh, I know some of those private schools are starting scrimmages like two weeks basically it's like whoa um i don't know if how many of those i'll be at but you know once it turns to february it's like yeah man it's it's kind of go time uh to go get some eyes on some guys and definitely to be planning out um what happens from there so uh you got anything else before we jump out of here i got nothing um i my football my football watching is completely different now without the fantasy angle so you know, it was tough because I, I, on my good team, I have four Lions. Um, I have Goff, Gibbs, St. Brown, and Laporta. Yeah. Um, and so, like, watch them playing against the Cowboys. The Cowboys I was yeah. like, oh, man, I'm going to rack up points. I'm going to run away with week two of the championship. And, of course, this is the week that that they decided to stop the run and slow some teams down. So that, that yeah. kind of hurt me. But <laughs> moving forward now, it's – there's no fantasy lens to it. I can just enjoy right. it without, without, you know, refreshing my phone the entire Sunday and whatever days they're playing on this time of year. But yeah, it'll, I'll just get to sit down and watch, which will be yeah. enjoyable. So yeah, yeah, for me, this is, I, I realized it the other day, January and February are the only two months of the year where I don't include free agents adding free agent acquisition and some fantasy yeah. sport, like, because baseball get going, you'll have a fab run at the end of March and the end of March. Um, and then that'll go through the first week of October and then football will be going. So it's like, you know, that reminder that pops up on my phone every Tuesday night for football waiver ads. Um, like, Oh yeah, I don't have to, don't have to worry about that for, for a change. I felt real smart when I saved up my budget and blew it on Edward Hilaire when it looked like he was going to, have the job and then Pacheco comes back and uh I end up playing Zamir White over Jalen Warren. I was like, oh yeah. man, some some, but you know, what are you gonna do? Uh but yeah, and uh and thanks to everybody for for continuing to tune in um to the podcast. Um again, we're we're brought to you by our friends at Hitforth. Um if you've gone to a college prospect camp, you've probably noticed coaches are tracking everything. Uh, many staffs will even have TrackMate showing live info on their video board during BP and scrimmages. It's not eye candy. They track data such as exit velocity and bat speed because it helps them identify skill sets that will translate and work at the college level. And more and more high schools are doing this as well. In fact, one of the most prominent high school programs in Austin, Texas, sends an email to incoming freshmen detailing what they view as acceptable exit velocity and bat speed. Simply put, if you can't hit the ball hard enough and consistently enough, you aren't going to get as many looks in high school and in college. So as the game moves more and more towards embracing tech and data, you're doing yourself a disservice if you aren't trading with a staff that utilizes and understands both. The team at Hitforth in Austin, Texas is creating the standard for developing explosive and adjustable hitters. When you train at Hitforth, you will develop the power coaches are looking for, whether challenging the fences or drilling hard liners all over the field. Learning to move faster and swing faster will also make you a more adjustable hitter and improve your ability to make contact because the quicker you can swing the bat means you have more time to recognize pitches before deciding to swing. The best part about hit fourth is the accountability. Since the staff tracks every aspect of every swing you take, 
You get objective feedback about your improvements. Numbers don't lie. Check out hitforth.com to learn how you can get started. H-I-T-F-O-R-T-H.com and on Twitter and Instagram as well. And even if you're not in Austin, they have amazing, amazing remote programs as well. Um, I mean, you can really do everything as long as you've got some sort of place to hit. Like you can you can run the programs, you can get the feedback. Um, they can really help you remotely as well. So, um, you know, one of the things I'm looking forward to in 20, 2024 is, you know, more people learning about Hitforth and, and going there because um, it's a really, really, really amazing place to go hit and go get better and go get stronger and do it in ways that impact baseball. Because uh, those guys know what they're doing. Um, the accountability is real. It's full-time jobs. Those guys, I mean, this is their life. You know, this is what they pour everything into. So go check those guys out at hit fourth and uh yeah thanks to everybody tuning in hope everybody had a good holiday season um a happy new year uh we're excited about 2024 uh make sure you stay locked into five tool.org to follow all of our coverage uh until we talk to y'all next time have a good week take care